Can you hear me? Okay. Well, good evening, ladies. <laughs> so the theme for this season's women's Bible study is gifts for giving. But the only reason that we have gifts to give is because God has first given those gifts to us. The ultimate gift giver is God. James 1.17 tells us every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So when he gives us a gift, it isn't so that we keep it to ourselves. No, it's so that we take that gift and that we share it with others. He blesses us so that we may bless others. Regifting is allowed here, ladies, and it is expected. <laughs> but tonight's gift is language, the ability to speak and to communicate with others. This is a gift that God has given us, and we should share it with others. We should bless others, and we should bless the Lord with what comes out of our mouths. What would we do without the ability to speak and without the ability to communicate with one another? We'd be in silence. And I know sometimes silence is golden, right? But we need to communicate. And, but even though our ability to communicate with our mouths is a gift from our God, we don't always use it in a way that is profitable, edifying, uplifting, or encouraging. Sometimes our language does not line up with God's desires or purposes for communication. In fact, our language can be downright mean at times. It is so powerful that it has the ability to either tear people down or lift them up. Tonight, we will take a closer look at the impact that our words can have on others. And we've all been on both ends. We've received bad language, and we've given out bad language. James 3, 2 tells us, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. We all stumble, otherwise we'd be perfect. And there is only one who is perfect, and that is Jesus Christ himself, our Savior, our King. Would you please turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 25? 1 Samuel chapter 25. Here we will see the impact of foolish or unwise language, and we'll also see the effects of good and righteous language, speech that the Lord approves of, kind, gentle, respectful, considerate, helpful, and loving speech. Just a little bit of a background. It's sheep shearing time, and it's sort of like harvest time, and this took place annually and it was a joyous time. It was an occasion to be hospitable. It was a, a time to be thankful, a time to share. But as we will see, not all were sharing and rejoicing. Let's begin with verse 2. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. 
and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace be to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shears. Your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them, nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. Here we have David wisely, humbly, and respectfully asking Nabal, a rich man, and not just a rich man, the Bible says he's a very rich man, for sustenance, for nourishment. And he has his men peacefully greet Nabal, and he doesn't demand anything. In fact, he says, please, give whatever comes to your hand. He even declares that he's a servant. He tells Nabal, I took care of your shepherds, I protected them, I fed them, and they weren't harmed. In other words, return the favor, share with my men. And he even reminds them, for we come on a feast day. In other words, it's a time to celebrate, a time to be thankful and to share. Verse 9, so when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away, each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shares and give it to men when I do not even know where they are from? These are Nabal's unkind and harsh words to David. Notice his words. They were selfish. My, 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 my. My bread, my water, my meat, my shears. Everything was his, and he didn't want to share. Little did he know that everything he had was from the Lord. God had blessed him, and he was prospering. And now we will see David's reaction to these words. Verse 12. So David's young men turned on their heels and went back, and they came and told him all these words. Then David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. David was offended. He was insulted, and he felt wronged. And he and his men, they're on their way, and they're going to take care of Nabal and all his house and servants. And innocent people are in danger of losing their lives. Why? Because of harsh and unkind words. 
Verse 14, now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. He reviled them. So he used abusive or abusive language, or he spoke in an angry manner or tone. Verse 15, but the men were very good to us, and we weren't hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by day and night, all the time that we were with them keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Nabal's wise servant testifies of David's care and hospitality toward them. He tells Nabal's wife, see how you will handle this, because harm is determined against our master and his household. But not only is Nabal about to suffer the consequences, all the servants, all the household, And obviously, this young man found Abigail to be approachable. And she must have had a reputation for being a wise woman. He says, you do something. Your husband's a scoundrel. And a a scoundrel is a dishonest or an unscrupulous person. Verse 18, then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sayas of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Verse 20, So it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing missed of all that belongs, nothing is missed that belongs to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also, to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. The plan is in effect. David is set on attacking Nabal and his household. And now we will see the effects of wise and kind language. We'll see how it diffuses the situation. Verse 23, Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me let this iniquity be. And please let your servant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maid, sir. Please let not my Lord regard the scoundrel Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself, 
with your own hand. Now then let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be his navel. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offense of heart, my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Verse 32, Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord, God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, Surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. This was a close call. All because of the tongue. All because of words. Many lives could have been lost. But Abigail's wise words, her wise behavior, diffused the situation. Notice that her behavior was humble. She bowed down. She even called herself his maidservant. Not only did she gift him with nourishment, she gifted him and she blessed him with her language. And we can gift others and bless others with our language, ladies. And in doing so, we bless God. Abigail covered Nabal's sin. She covered her husband's sin. Her language is a picture of the Proverbs 31 woman. Proverbs 31:26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. We have to be so careful of what we say. We have to think before speaking. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight: The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Proverbs fifteen one: A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Nabal's harsh words. They stirred David's anger, but Abigail's soft answer turned away David's wrath. Proverbs 15.1, NLT, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Makes tempers flare. 
Nabal's harsh words did make David, I'm sorry, David's temper flare, but Abigail's gentle words turned away David's anger. And a righteous person considers the impact of his or her words. We may have control of what we say to others, but we definitely are not in control how they will react to what we say to them. Verse 36, Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was, holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. Wise woman. He was drunk, so she didn't say anything to him. Why? Because she knew that it would go in one ear and out the other. And so she waited until he was sober. Verse 37. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. Then it happened after about ten days that the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. So the Lord judged Nabal and took his life. God's grace didn't allow David to avenge himself. God used Abigail to accomplish it. David did not have to sin against God by coming to bloodshed and taking innocent lives. The Lord took vengeance for him. And we, we don't need to defend ourselves every time someone says something about us or every time that they hurt us. And I know it's difficult to keep quiet when someone makes us angry, when someone hurts us with their words. But we have to trust God and we have to allow him to judge them because he knows best how to deal with those who have offended us or hurt us. And when we open our mouths in anger, then we sin. He knows what they've said. He knows how deeply they've hurt us. And he'll take care of it. Trust him. Let go and let God. Jesus, we know he was wise in word and conduct. Jesus opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53, 7, NLT. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet, he never said a word. He was led like a lamb the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Jesus suffered greatly, yet he did not open his mouth. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. 
Romans 12, 19. God will defend us. So much damage is caused by words. Relationships and families are destroyed because of the tongue. This is why the Bible gives us so many warnings and says so much about our mouth. James 3, 5 through 8. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. The tongue is set on fire by hell. He is associating our mouth with hell. And that is such a strong warning to us. That is serious. And it, it's very scary to think of the damage that we can do with our mouths. I know, I, I pray it. When I first came to the Lord, I just fell in love with him. But I, I remember reading his word and just clinging to every word in the Bible. I couldn't get enough. I was hungry. I was thirsty. And I just wanted to learn his word. And when I learned about the power of the mouth, it really scared me. And my prayer became, muzzle it, Lord. Muzzle it, please. It really scares me. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to offend. And this is why we need to guard our hearts. Because what is in our hearts will be revealed. Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Luke 6.45, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. We have to allow God to rule in our hearts and to change our hearts. Because otherwise, our tongue will defile us and it will do so much damage. We are told it is a world of iniquity and it defiles the whole body. I really believe with all my heart that the Lord is warning us all tonight. He's warning us all. The tongue is used to gossip. It ruins relationships. It stirs trouble. It separates friends, family members. The tongue slanders. It ruins people's reputations. The tongue lies, it destroys relationships, and it breaks trust. The tongue hurts people, and they carry this pain of the words that have been spoken to them. And sometimes they carry it throughout their lives. They remember these words. The bullying at school or online this affects these young, impressionable kids. It affects them greatly. 
It affects their mental health. They become depressed. Some of them want to take their own lives. Some of them do. You may have heard on the news about the man who shot and killed his neighbor. Why? All because of words. They were arguing and they were trading insults. And at one point, the aggressor, he became so angry that he went home to retrieve his gun. He came back and he shot his neighbor and his neighbor's wife. What a tragedy. And who is left to deal with the pain and consequences? Innocent people, all those who love them. And now there's a son without parents. All because of the tongue. Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. This is what we are called to do as Christians. We are to be examples to unbelievers, both in word and conduct. Our behavior should be different from the world's. It should be wise. We should make good use of our time, be about our Father's business, serving the Lord, serving others, in prayer, sharing the gospel. Our words, our speech should always be with grace, patient, gentle, compassionate. Our speech should be seasoned with salt. Salt was useful in biblical times, and it was used as a preservative to keep meat from going bad, and of course to give it flavor. And our words should also be helpful and should keep our conversations from going bad. We have a new language, and it should be different from the world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We no longer have the language that we had before we were saved. And if you're here tonight, and you're struggling with language, Perhaps you've been saying things that you shouldn't be and it's been getting you into trouble or it's been causing trouble for others. I encourage you to make it right with that person and make it right with God. Apologize to that person and ask God for forgiveness. Ask the Lord to help you and he will. He'll help you, and he'll forgive you. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the thing is that if we aren't right with God, he will not hear our prayers. Psalm 66.18 If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear and we want him to hear our prayers. But only God can change our heart. 
only God can put a guard over our mouths. Only God can forgive and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Here is a goal, ladies. Proverbs 8, 6 through 11. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Here in verses 6 through 8, we see the importance of speech, speaking what is good, and not only good, what is excellent, what is right, and what is true. And wickedness should not be on our lips. We shouldn't approve of it. Why? Because God doesn't. Psalm 5, 4. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. And he dwells in our hearts. Also, our mouth should not speak anything crooked or perverse. Crooked, anything dishonest or illegal. Perverse here could mean anything that is unacceptable or unreasonable or inappropriate. Proverbs 6.12, a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. In verse 9, it speaks of words. They should be plain and simple and easy to understand and not pretentious. They should be acceptable. Verses 10 through 11 we're reminded to receive instruction when someone corrects us or is trying to teach us. We should accept. We should also receive knowledge. We should want to learn and receive wisdom, which will help us to grow in character. We should desire these things more than we desire silver, gold, and rubies. Why? Because wisdom is more valuable than silver and gold and rubies. And nothing compares to wisdom, we are told. But the only way that we are going to acquire godly wisdom is through God. Through his word, the Bible, and through his spirit. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. James 1, 5. Proverbs 18, 4 through 8. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Here we see a contrast between deep waters and a flowing brook. The deep waters could be speaking of what is deep or hidden and unknown, and in this case, man's words. But wisdom, it's a wellspring. It's abundant, and it flows continually. It isn't hidden or unknown, and we can partake of it. And we are to get wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. James 1, 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. See, we can do many kind deeds in the name of religion. We can serve 
We could feed the poor. We can give of our money. But if we can't control our mouths, the Bible says that it's useless. It's of no effect. Proverbs 6.16, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Out of these seven things that are an abomination or disgusting to the Lord, six of them he hates. And of those six, three involve the tongue. A lying tongue, just lying about anything and everything. A false witness who speaks lies, a person who makes up lies about another person. One who sows discord. How do we sow discord? Our mouth. And that's why it's so important to surround ourselves with wise people who do help us to grow spiritually so that we can learn from them. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four: Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. Proverbs fourteen six: Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. The Bible tells us to be swift to hear, but here we're actually encouraged not to give ear to listen to a foolish person who lacks knowledge. Because chances are we're not going to learn anything of spiritual value from that person. But this is why it's so important that we read God's Word, because it gives us guidance. When we read God's word, we see clearly where we stand, what needs to go, and what needs to be cleaned up. King David understood the power of our language, and he expressed it in the Psalms. He wanted to speak with wisdom. Psalm 39.1, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. And it's difficult to zip it, isn't it, when there's people that are just mean and they say things that we don't want to hear or they offend us. But we are called to just zip it. (laughs) If we fill ourselves... If we fill ourselves with thoughts that stir anger, hate, resentment, or unforgiveness, it will eventually come out. But it can also be detrimental to our health. Thoughts and words have the ability to affect our health. Proverbs 14.30, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones, rottenness to the bones. Proverbs sixteen twenty four: pleasant words are like the honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. Good words are sweet. They're good, and they're good for us. It's good for our soul, and it's beneficial for our health. And we don't want to dwell on thoughts that are unhealthy or that do not 
uplift, or edify. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We need to meditate on good and pure thoughts. Thoughts that are helpful and helpful. And if they are not, they need to go. They need to go. In Jesus' name, they need to go. We have to read the Bible. We have to know the Word of God. Because if we know the Word of God, then we're going to recognize the devil's tactics. He is so sneaky. He wants us to meditate on negative thoughts. And he wants us to be angry and unforgiving. He wants us to replay what we've been told, what they said to us. Oh, and you should tell them this. No, no, no. He wants us to feel like victims. Why? So that we'll defend ourselves and run our mouths and fall into sin. The devil came to rob, to kill, and to destroy. John 10.10. But the Bible, it will guide us. God will speak to us through it. And he'll remind us that he's in control. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. This is beautiful. These are God's promises that he gives us. He gives us direction and guidance if we seek him. God wants to warn, warn us tonight, and I really believe that. And if we are not in prayer, in the word, and filled with his spirit, our tongue will get us into trouble. We're going to offend others. We're going to hurt others. It will affect all of our relationships. And eventually... No one's going to want to be around us, including our loved ones. The book of James warns us to do more listening than speaking. James 1.19 NLT. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So we are to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. But a lot of times we're just so quick to speak. But the Lord wants us to be quick to listen. So we are to do more listening than speaking. Remember, our words are powerful. They greatly affect others, either in a positive way, or they'll affect somebody greatly in a negative way. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That is not true. Names, words, they will hurt us. And if someone hurt you, know that God loves you. And if you will believe that he loves you, 
It will make all the difference in how you view him, how you view yourself, how you view life, and how you view others. What matters is what God thinks about you and not what others think about you or what others have said about you. God has your best interests at heart, and you can trust him. In fact, his word says in Psalm 138, verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I love that. It's so comforting. When I'm worried, I know he will perfect that which concerns me, and he will perfect that which concerns you, ladies. He has our back. And he gives us a good example in his word. God accomplished great things by speaking his good thoughts. And it was good. God spoke the earth into existence. Psalm 33, 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was. Let there be a firmament. And there was. He said, let the earth bring forth grass. And it was so. He said, let there be lights in the firmament. And it was so. Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, he said. And it happened. Ocean life. He said, let the earth bring forth the living creature, and it was so. And then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Genesis 1, 31. He spoke his good thoughts, and the result was good. God created things with his words, and we can create, with our words also, we can create good memories. We can create good relationships. We can create peace in our conversations. We can create love in our conversations. And the list goes on and on. There's so much good that we can do with our mouths. The point is, we can create good things with our words. And the Lord wants us to have good language. Psalm 19:14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you love us so much that you desire to warn us, that you desire for us to hear from you. You desire to correct us, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us and continue to remind us of what it is that you want to say to each and every one of us. For you know what we need to hear. You know what we need to change, my dear God. I thank you, Father. I thank you for all you do. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you take care of us, my dear God, and that you always help us, Father. You're always there for us. Even when we don't see it, Father, you are working. Help us to know that. Help us to trust you, Father, and to not lean on our own understanding, Father. May we trust you. I thank you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.